listening to another episode of In Moments Like These with David Graham. David is a speaker, author, businessman, former pastor, and founding director of Youth of a Mission, Montana. We believe that God is at work, constantly tugging at our hearts, working in and through relationship around us. Join us as we dive into a new devotional, as David shares a lifetime of personal moments and hopes to inspire you to see God the Father at work in your own moments. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of In Moments Like These. I remember the night so well. I'll never forget walking barefoot in the sand around a large campfire at the beautiful Zuma Beach campground, not too far from the famous Malibu Beach on the west coast of Southern California. That was the setting. The time? Well, again, it was in the spring of 1970, about a month before Pastor Wilkerson asked me to be the high school pastor at Melody Land Christian Center. And it was during the time when a great revival, I talked about that in our last episode, the Jesus Revolution was going on about an hour's drive south of Zuma Beach in Orange County. I was there at the beach campground to join up with a couple dozen high school kids who were having a weekend youth retreat. Actually, the kids were from the same Lutheran church that I had grown up in. Their retreat leader, a friend of mine, who knew about some of the new and unusual things going on in my life, asked me if I would come and speak to the kids on Saturday night of their retreat. So I was there, and I did speak. I'll tell you about that experience in just a minute. But yes, new and unusual things had been going on in my life all right. I had been caught up in that Orange County revival. And today, I'll be focusing on the subject of revival again, because I believe the Holy Spirit has more to say about these amazing moves of God, which, according to reports, are charging forward right now in places all over the planet. And today, I feel I'm to talk about some of the important factors that are present just before and during revivals. I'll start with a question. Just what kind of people are they? What is the emotional condition of those who experience and are so powerfully blessed by these revivals? Let's go to the Old Testament first to look for an answer to that question. Here's what the prophet Isaiah had to say in Isaiah 57, 15. Thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place and also with him who is of a contrite spirit, a repentant spirit, and with him who is of a lowly spirit, a humble, even desperate spirit, and to revive the spirit of the lowly, and to revive those with repentant hearts. About 700 years after Isaiah spoke those words, Peter and John would be standing in front of a crowd gathered just outside the temple, just after the healing of the lame man. And Peter would remind the crowd of what the prophets had foretold about Jesus. And then he challenged them to repent for what they had done to Jesus. Acts 3, 19 and 20. People of Israel, repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out and that the times of refreshing, the times of revival may come from the presence of the Lord. People with repentant hearts are blessed with a revival. But, as Isaiah said, there's another kind of people that he revives. He revives those with a lowly spirit, the humble, the destitute. 
When Jesus raised his voice on a mountainside east of Jerusalem to deliver his memorable Beatitudes, he was speaking to thousands of people who were living in that exact same condition. They were the humble. They were the destitute. And it was this Beatitude that Jesus chose to deliver first. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Jesus came for the destitute. Remember the story and dialogue in Matthew 9, when Jesus meets Matthew? I believe this story contains an important part of the Holy Spirit's message for us today. Verse 13, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as his dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? The religious pious called them scum. When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of the scripture. Jesus then quotes from the prophet Hosea, I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. And then Jesus says, for I haven't come to call those who think they are righteous, but to those who know they are sinners. Yes, Jesus surely loved the destitute. He loved the poor, the blind, the deaf, the lepers, the children and the widows, and he loved those who mourned. He loved and liberated those who were caught in adultery and those who were possessed by demons. He even loved a humble Roman officer. Jesus loved them all. And everywhere he went, he set hearts on fire. And once again, in the late 1960s, 70s, and early 80s, he showed his love for thousands and thousands of destitute California hippies as well as for a whole lot of hungry and humbled people like Kathy and me. And he set our hearts on fire. And this is what I've been leading up to. In several of my episodes, I've used the word assignment. And I feel so strongly that I'm to use that word again today. Our loving God has a very important assignment for us before and during the revival, the awakening, that he wants to bring to our own cities and towns. The assignment is defined in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where Peter quotes the words of Jesus, words for all of his followers. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Our assignment, dear friend, is to be engaged in his great commission and to be engaged in this manner. We need to have open arms to the work and the power of the Holy Spirit in our own lives. Revival starts with you and me. And then with that power, we need to pray for and tell people about Jesus everywhere, wherever he has planted us or wherever we are transplanted. And this is the exclamation mark. We need to love like Jesus loved always having a watchful eye out for and showing mercy to the humble and the destitute. That's 
our assignment. And with that, I'll get back to that Saturday night in 1970 with those couple dozen high school kids at the Zuma Beach campground. I have to admit, I really didn't want to be there. I was only 22 years old and I had never spoken, never given a speech or a message before anyone, ever. I had no idea how this was going to work out and I was really nervous. And it was in that state of mind while waiting to be introduced that I silently prayed something like this. Dear Jesus, dear Holy Spirit, I know you've brought me here tonight and I know you love these kids. Please help me. In minutes, I was introduced and there was no turning back. I slowly stood to my feet and I began to walk around the campfire and then back and forth in front of the kids that were sitting on beach towels in front of me. I wasn't trying to put on a show. I was walking to calm my nerves. It was probably 15 seconds before I spoke my very first words in my very first sermon, I guess you could say. The first half of which was my life story from the time I was a boy faithfully attending church with my family up until the time, just six months before that Zuma Beach night, on the day that my life was totally changed by a personal awakening, the very hour when I encountered the love and power of God in a way I could have never imagined. Only a few minutes into my message, something happened, which I also could never have imagined. I felt like I was speaking words that were, at the same time, being spoken to me. It, w it was me, but it wasn't all me. The Holy Spirit was clearly leading in a powerful way, and I could see from the wide-open eyes on the faces of the kids as I walked by them that they were feeling it too. Long before I finished, I could see that something real was happening to them. Several were folding their hands and moving their lips in silent prayer as the Holy Spirit continued to fall over all of us. It was profound, and it was wonderful. This precious group of teenagers were responding to their God in a brand new way. When I finally finished, I was completely taken aback. It wasn't just the glow of the campfire on their faces now. It was the glow of the Holy Spirit on them. God had moved upon his humble and some destitute teenage kids with a genuine revival of their own. The joyful tears running down their faces and the number of now outspoken prayers expressing full-on commitments to their God continued late into the night. And the revival continued beyond that, I know, because I got lots of feedback from parents in the days following. In just a half an hour or so, Jesus had set those kids' hearts on fire. Dear friend, the same God that has moved in revival throughout history will revive his loved ones again. He wants to restore the humble and the destitute, and he's calling on you and me to be a part of it all. And dear friend, you will be genuinely blessed for it, like I was that night at Zuma Beach. You know what? It was on that very night, and because of what happened that night, when I obeyed God despite my fear, that I understood for the first time that he had put a call on my life to serve him full-time in his kingdom ministry. He's calling his sons and daughters again. Let's answer 
his call together. Dear Holy One, you who dwell in the most high and holy place and with us, I'm thinking right now about your precious son, King David, who answered your call many centuries ago, and your Holy Spirit came upon him with power, and a giant fell, and a nation was revived with the joy of your spirit. And my prayer today is that you come upon this dear one of yours and upon me with power. Please give us the boldness of King David and bring the revival on. Let it be. Thank you for listening to another episode of In Moments Like These with David Graham. And we hope that this podcast and this episode can be another tool and resource to help you in this walk of faith. If this podcast has made a difference in your life, we would love to hear from you. Visit us online at inmomentslikethese.com. That's inmomentslikethese.com.